angry feelings are disagreeable. I'm putting you on warning. Just who the hell do you think you people are? They will be met with fire and fury. They make you act and look as well as feel unhappy. Our very way of life. Look at the fear. Are under threats from extremists. I am your voice. Welcome back to Anger Management with Nick Clegg, where we ask ourselves how to get reason back on top of rage. There's too much rage and anger around, in my view, which is not good for the world, I reckon. And I am really delighted to be joined by my next guest, who I think is superbly well qualified to talk about this, Gary Lineker, who enjoyed an illustrious footballing career, of course, playing for Leicester, Everton, Spurs, Barcelona, as well as scoring more World Cup goals than any other England footballer. After hanging up his boots, he has become one of the nation's best-known broadcasters as the presenter of Match of the Day. But most importantly, at least for the purposes of this um, podcast, uh, he has become an outspoken user of Twitter, which he uses to share his thoughts on Brexit, Donald Trump, the migrant crisis, drugs reform and more, with his views delighting liberal-minded folk like me and earning him the wrath of the ever-reasonable folk at the Daily Mail and The Sun uh, et al. More of which later. Gary, welcome. Yes, what a fool I am. <laughs> well, <laughs> Thanks, Nick. Brave, brave fool in that case. So this, this, this podcast about anger, but of course you are famous for, um, for in your whole entire mm. playing career, never having, never been given a yellow or red card ever. No, that's right. I never tackled anyone. <laughs> so I didn't miss time one. But, um, yes. but you still, did you ever get angry on the pitch? Um, not really. The only time I'd ever get angry with the pitch is usually at my own manager. Right. When they used to shout things, you're playing on a bumpy pitch in an April afternoon and the ball's flying all over the place and they're shouting, hold it up, hold it up! They <laughs> used, used to wind me up and say, you try you do it. Pay. <laughs> but apart from that, not really. Um, and, would, and do you reckon you would pick up a card or two now if you played I today? Think, I think it'd be impossible not to now. You'd because? Probably, uh, like wearing a pair of large ears or right. something. And right. I, I, I think um, it's inevitable now. Every little, almost a nudge... The slightly mistimed tackle is, is right. given. Uh, people are given a yellow card now, so I think it's changed quite a lot since my day. You had to do something reasonably substantial, I think, to get a card back in. Well, they're my more trigger day. happy now. Yeah, very much so. We talked about this just briefly before recording this podcast. I just, I, I didn't grow up with football, but I've got three uh, football obsessed boys, and. Um, I've never seen so much anger around on the football pitch as, and I know you've talked I've about this before. I've got four boys, I'll beat you 4-3. Well, but, well, and you, then you'll have more experience of this, which is the anger of parents. I mean, I, I it, as a relative, relative kind of, you know, newcomer, I'm, I just stand completely aghast at what, what particularly some irate red-faced dads will say at their sons, about their sons, about the team. I even saw, so when one of my kids was playing rugby, a dad march onto the pitch with his phone to take a picture of what he thought was a foul. I mean, it, 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 <laughs> VAR, this, no, VAR, yeah, head of the game. Yeah, exactly. yeah. But is this new? Uh, oh, no, it's honestly, I've, it's one of my pet hates in life, is parental touchline behaviour. I've gotten through it with four boys. Or was it like that now. when you grew up? Um, my dad actually walked onto the pitch once when I was about 14. Um, but he didn't walk on the pitch to moan at the referee. He walked on the pitch to give me a bollocking. Right. Um, because I'd had a go at the referee. Right. And he dragged me off. And he so said, if you ever behave like that again, I'll stop you playing play. football. So maybe that was one of the reasons I never got a yellow card. I was so terrified um, to let my dad down. But um, no, but parental thing on the touchline, it's, it's, it, I can't remember what it was quite like when I grew up. I suspect it was the same. Um, 
But nowadays, it's I mean, I've gone through it. I've I've been on touchlines where I've seen dads run on the pitch and yeah. grab their own kid by the scruff of the neck, lift them up, and yeah. say, "You won't make it if you keep playing like that." And I was thinking, "Kid's not going to make it anyway. Let him enjoy it. Yeah. Doesn't matter." Uh, parents shouting, "Get stuck in, kick it, knock it out there." They tell them everything that's wrong. That it's yeah. it's as much as not so much just the rage that you yeah. get from the touchline parents. It's also that it's ninety nine percent. Of the time, they talk, talk absolute crap. nonsense and will actually have a derisive effect on the kids' um, playing abilities. Let them play, let them just mm. pass the ball and have But a listening dribble. to you talk, I mean, it, I don't want to weigh it down with too much significance, but, we, you know, we, a lot of people sit around, you know, is, is the politics of anger because of the banking crisis or rising inequality, this, that and the other. But actually, for thousands of kids, if they see their parents sort of legitimise anger in that way, well, you know... Anger begets anger, doesn't it? Very much so. And um, I suppose I've, I've grown up in a world of football, so I'm kind of used to a lot yeah. of anger. When I, when I was making my way um, professionally, obviously we had a massive amount of hooliganism around, yeah. um, which thankfully is significantly better these days. Yeah. Um, also a tremendous amount of racism, a lot of rage, a lot of anger on the terraces. I still think we get anger and rage um, on the terraces, mm. but um, it's, it's significantly better than in... in those yeah. kind of ways than it used but to be. You've talked, I know elsewhere, uh, talking, you know, you've talked about how you could always keep your cool, in a sense, when other people were kind of losing their heads around. Where, did that come from your dad, from your upbringing? From, I don't know it's it my dad. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. <laughs> might have been my mother. Right. Um, I, I don't know, my grandfather, actually. Um, right. Probably more than anyone else, who was a, a really good football. He played in the army. And, oh, did he? And um, Yeah, he was, and he was kind of known as Happy Harry. Um right. And so maybe I get my personality from from that. But I think it's I think as a striker in particular, it's very important that you can keep your head and keep cool. I used to enjoy and relish the the pressure of a one on one with a goalkeeper or taking a penalty, um, because the calmness in those points is very important. Mm. You can't suffer from too much nerves, and st- the the good strikers are the ones that actually really enjoy mm. the finishing off of the end product. And how much, I mean, when you, because you're 57, <laughs> got that out of him. Um, uh, do, do you sort of, oh, most people do that, I think, in their 50s. Do you kind of look back at your, you know, when you grew up in, in Leicester? And, I mean, how, how much does that now explain to you your your worldview? Does it, I mean, are there any clues to the way? Well, I think we all gather things as we go along, don't we? I mean, I, I can't have, I don't have that many memories of of my childhood. I haven't got many memories of yesterday. I think that's an age thing as well. Um, that's one of the the bad things. But I think uh, it, it's a culmination of lots of different things. I think our parents obviously always have a massive influence on us. Um, there's no question about that. I, you know, I had a very um, loving upbringing, right, and a lot of support. They'd come to the matches occasionally pull me off the pitch yeah, but not yeah. very often um, you know my dad would carry the team in his in his work van because um, he was a fruiterer so we'd half the team going around everywhere here there and everywhere my granddad came to all the matches so I had a lot of support yeah. a lot of love in the family and I think that yeah. obviously yeah. has an effect of course of course and, and did, did I mean the politics of the what would it have been the late 60s and 70s that intrude on your world or was it talked about at home was um, it it wasn't talked about that much at home. Um, my dad was a Thatcherite. Yeah. Because um, he had small businessmen. Yeah. I kind of, kind of, I yeah. almost kind of. Um, and so 
I tried to ignore him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But at that stage, I didn't but really But he was know. part of that generation, wasn't he, which remembers yeah. the winter of discontent and they couldn't get rid of the, mm. you know, they couldn't get rid of the rubbish was piling up everywhere. Thatcher came, sort of gave mm. the place a shake. That, I mean, she appealed massively to... To, 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 to the type of person yeah. that my father yeah, yeah. was as well. Very much yeah. so, yeah. Yeah. But it's it's hard for me to remember exactly what was going on at, at that particular... I was just so obsessed with sports yeah. and football and cricket in particular. But So that's what always occurs to me. I mean, I'm assuming that to, well, to excel in anything, but not least sports, you just need to be completely enveloped in it. So at what stage, what stage did you kind of look beyond or outside sport? Was that when your sporting career ended or...? or? No, I was always massively focused on my sport, hugely driven, um... Massive amount, you know, massive amount of determination to make it. And um, so that was the focus. But I always, I think, realised that, you know, there are other things in life yes. apart from football. I was always interested in, in various other aspects. I used to read a lot. Um, I was always from, I don't know, probably, certainly I can remember mid-20s being starting to get more interested in, in political issues, the world, and then travelling, obviously, to... Barcelona. Did, what kind of effect did that have? I mean, um, um, by I the way, do you learn you learn Spanish rather than Catalonian? Spanish, yeah, yeah. All the players oh, in the dressing room spoke Spanish because they're a mixed bunch. So that was right. kind of the so way. So you, you didn't went. Ca- sorry Catalan. Catalan. I, I, you didn't... Don't, I don't speak Catalan. No. I, I understood it, and I was interviewed yeah, yeah. loads of times in Catalan and answered yeah, in yeah. Spanish because um, well, because but I mean, it was, very, it, it was very. It's still quite unusual, isn't it? For, uh, but it was very unusual then. For you to do what you well, a to go a to play abroad, but mm. and then to immerse yourself in the local. Yeah, I just thought it was a unique opportunity yeah, totally. to learn another Indeed. language. So I went to school f- um, three days a week um, for in two Barcelona. years. For two years, yeah, to learn it in Barcelona because I think you. How pick... do you keep it up now, the Spanish? Oh, it's difficult because I don't get the chance to practice very often, and then all of a sudden I have an in-depth interview to do in Spanish, and he's yeah. kind of fighting to find words. <laughs> I know and, the uh, it, it drives you mad, but um, I, I still get the chance. I was over in. Barcelona a few weeks ago uh, for an awards thing, and but by the time I'd been there, and if you're an awards thing, hours, you, could, you could give an award or receive an award in Spanish. And oh, oh yeah, no, I was when I left Spain, I used I was thinking in Spanish, yeah, um, and sometimes dreaming in it as well. So I tend I, to get told off in Spanish by my wife, uh, who's Spanish. So yeah, that's my you know my my emotional register is oh. that if someone speaks Spanish to me, I've done <laughs> yeah. something wrong. You're, you're in trouble. No, no, my kids are they they speak Spanish to their mum, and uh, it's yeah. a lovely language. But it's a great language. Did, I think you it's didn't, probably you didn't one try of the Japanese to though. When you... I, I did, yeah, I'd, I went to school, I did, did that as well. Yeah, had a lot of lessons. I'm, I, but it, I could. It's so much harder. I mean, Spanish. Yeah. Spanish, as you, well, yeah. as you know, is 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 actually quite learnable. Yeah, and it's know, fun to speak. Once yeah. you know how each letter works in different, it's, it's phonetic, and you know the rules, and you can and really spit it out. Yeah. yeah, spit it out. Swearing um, in Spanish, I reckon, is particular. Oh yeah, it's I love very swearing. Good. In they're, they're very good at swearing. Yeah, yeah they're good. But um, for our Spanish listeners, we won't rehearse that here. <laughs> but but just but beyond the language, what did, um, so did what kind of effect did that have on the way? You saw the world. Did it? Did it, I don't want to? Sort of over, I don't want to kind of be too pretentious about this. Yeah. But did it? Did it have an effect on the way you looked at things? I don't think it was like one immediate no. effect where you suddenly go, "Oh, this is yeah. oh, I'm a different <laughs> person now." I'm so you know, yeah. but, but obviously over a period of time, it it, you can, it broadens your knowledge, widens your interests, um, all sorts of different things. Speaking another language, um, different cultures, so it, it's bound to make a difference in in some aspects. It's hard to pinpoint exactly. And what And you pass and that why. to the kids? Do they? Are they? Do they? Are they into their languages? Um, not really. They're, no, they're not into anything no. at school <laughs> most of the time. But they're all finished now. They're all working and stuff. But um, I've got 
we've been talking with Barcelona a lot, Barcelona Football Club. We're going to do a lot with the production company and stuff. So, so my second son's now said, right, I'm going to learn Spanish. So yeah. Harry's going to, like he said he will. We'll yeah. see. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and then, I, mean, I've, I know you've gone over this ground, but I, I, it was just sort of fascinating. So, in a sense, your introduction to controversy on Twitter was was initially about FIFA, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, that's probably where I'd sort of dipped my toe. And um, did you think long and hard about that? Did you sort of finger hover over the... Well, a little bit, because it's my world. And yeah. it can be, you know, obviously I present World Cups yeah. and things like that for the BBC. But it just, over a period of time, started to really sicken me what was going on at FIFA, the amount of corruption that was involved. And I kind of went in early, put my head on the parapet a bit, but latterly was... Was, was proved to be right for once. Yeah, totally. And um, so that, I suppose that was the first time I engaged in anything yeah. remotely um, interesting, perhaps yeah. you should say, or, or certainly controversial. But you didn't get the sort of hairdryer treatment from the kind of tabloids and the right wing press until not for that. You st- no, no, until you started sort of get, sort of talk, pronouncing on thing, more sensitive things like well, immigration. Well, and, it and was the more refugee on, crisis. Yeah, it was more on the refugee crisis because yeah. I. I yeah. dared to have some degree of sympathy and empathy for for these poor people that yeah. have to you know flee countries that are wartime. I mean, look what's going on in Syria now. Yeah. And then, you know, yes, let's be supported. We don't want to see the dreadful gas attacks. Of course we don't. But until they come to our shores, and then actually we, we don't want to help them that much. So, But I think overall it's... I just fail to understand why anyone wouldn't have a degree... Yeah. A degree of sympathy... Um, yeah. for, for for these poor families that yeah. have, but I mean obviously look, I'm, torn I, apart. I mean I'm someone from a completely different sort of walk of life. Yeah. When I was in politics, you know, I was sort of pulled limb from limb by some of these papers sort of on a daily basis for half a decade. But that was kind of, you know, in a sense, paid to deal with that. What you're unusual because you don't you choose to do this, and then you get you know the Daily Mail trying to discredit you, the Sun yeah. saying you should take this, get the sack, and so on. Now, obviously, to people like me, I think it's fantastic that. Uh, you're, you're prepared to do this, but you're rare. And I mean, is it easy for you to understand why other well-known folk it's fair. don't? Don't it's, it's fair, fair, isn't it? It's fair yeah. of, of being on the front page and having yeah. our yeah. tabloids demand that you lose your job. It's you know you've you've got to be a reasonably secure position, yeah. I think, to be able to do that, or a fool, yeah. <laughs> one of the two. Um, so you know we have a you know predominantly right-wing. Um, press in this country um, they have issues that uh, and agendas that I, I find fairly abhorrent at mm. times um, that's that's my opinion that's my view um, they've got a right to do what they do I've got a right to not like what they do um, that's fine but you know it's all very well them having their opinion but they they can't try and demand that you're sacked for having your opinion yeah but don't, you, not... don't think it was ever thus I mean you know the British press has always been rough and ready yeah. and you know I mean I, I look I, I, from from the kind of the life I led in politics. I kind of I personally I was almost twenty years in elected politics. I definitely think it got way more kind of unhinged and vituperative and stuff over time. I don't quite know why, but is that your experience? Or other people say no, it was always like mm. that. And it's my experience to a degree. I think there's always been a, a little bit of a game amongst yeah. newspapers about bashing celebrities once yeah. they'll build them up yeah. and then knock them That's down, right. etc. They've always had that. I'm also pro newspapers in many of ways. I think it's so important to say that because yeah. they, you know they do some some fabulous work, investigative journalism, and things that really count that we've we've seen over the years. But um, but yeah, I think it's drifted a, a little bit 
yeah. too far at times. I think most of us are somewhere a little bit either right yeah. or centre or yeah. left or centre, but, <laughs> but it just seems nowadays everything is so either far right or so far yeah. left. Yeah. Yeah. Or it, the, the, they're just so far apart, and actually, mo- no one's really. But why do you to think that is? Because it's I'm almost so far- like we're politically homeless. But, but yeah. But why do you think that? Is? I mean, this is what fascinates. Well, one of the things that fascinates me. If 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 it seems to be the case, there are a bunch of lots and lots of people who feel quite sort of homeless and unrepresented, mm. and yet the debate is polarised. You kind of think, well, they're not talking to their market. They're misjudging their their readers, their listeners, whatever. So why? Why do you think it's become shriller and shriller? I don't, I don't know. I think social media might have some some something to do with it. Because you could benefit from using social media, because it, or Twitter at least, because well, it. Well, do I? <laughs> well, no, no, no. But what I mean is, because it, it, you, you can get what, yeah. you can get off no, your chest what you want it's to important. say. I've got a huge platform. That's right. It's, it's mad. It's yeah. mad. Yeah. So seven, how many people follow your seven million? Or, That's amazing. Yeah. It's bonkers. That's amazing. So I've, I've got a huge platform, and but it makes me think about using it. Yeah. So I want to use it for the right way. It's a great thing to have. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, if you've got 7 million people, yes. um, there's going to be a lot of those yes. people really don't like what you say. And yes. they do like to let you know. But then it gets vitriolic. And that's what I can't understand. I can perfectly understand people having different yeah. opinions. They're entitled to them. Whether I disagree with them or not doesn't matter. But it's the venom, you know. Yeah. But you're, I mean, look, I don't know you from Adam, but... Um, you're unusual, I reckon, because I, I think it's basic human psychology, and I've seen this a lot in, in politics, that you can... So if you're, if, you're a, if you're a campaigning politician, you knock on ten doors in a row on a street in Leicester, and yeah. eight people say you're brilliant. The ninth says you're absolute, mm, yeah. you know, so-and-so. <laughs> that's what you'll remember, and that's what you'll worry about. Well, that's it. But you, you remember but you the seem, old negative you, one. Yeah, but yeah. you seem quite yeah. good at kind of putting yeah. that in its place, mm. which is not... Most people dwell on the negative stuff that's said about it, yeah. I reckon. Well, I think that's where it's, it's, it's useful that I don't get angry. Yeah. I don't get angry. And I, sometimes I like to do a witty repost. I never go back with you know, yeah. all guns blazing and have a big ranting row. Um, but I, I think debate's good. I think it's, it's, but it's difficult on social media because you know it's like, because sometimes you can write something and it. The perception of it is not quite how you wanted it to sure. be seen and stuff like that. The written word is is very different. But it's I find it fun because yeah. I don't I don't get irate. Sometimes and but you're right, if you if you do notice the really negative remark, it's the ones that stand out, isn't it? If something's really abusive, you will notice it. Um and I suppose most people won't even bother reaching out to you to say yeah. something positive so you do tend to see perhaps the negative ones more what is interesting is but in you engage street, with that stuff um not very often i don't usually look at no, the I notifications don't. i only look at um yeah. i get notifications for blue tick you know the people that um yeah. copy yeah. me in a tweet yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. but every now and again underneath your tweet you will see one or two, and you go, "Whoa, all right." Then. And yeah. someone will have some kind of vicious attempt. But there's, to- a, there's a weird. I mean, I, 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 I probably shouldn't dive into much detail, but I remember. Obviously, I used to get a huge amount of, no yeah. doubt, justified vitriol thrown in my direction. But I remember once the police had to look into because one particular message was, mm. you know, deemed to be uh, very kind of menacing and threatening and so on. And um, and it was a very violent message and spelling out what they were going to do yeah. to me. The police came back and said, "Yeah, we found it, it was." Um, Sort of middle-aged lady, who'd obviously just had a bit too much. That's <laughs> fine, yeah, and was desperately apologetic. Yeah. And, so, and it's kind of it's, it's, it's like so a road rage, it's like a road rage yeah. thing. Sort of yeah. quite quiet people can turn yeah. into these. That's right. And sometimes you get these really venomous 
tweets and you'll send a little reply saying, well, actually, that's not yeah. quite what... <laughs> yes, and then yeah. they'll go, oh, yeah, I didn't mean... I wasn't meaning... I didn't. And then, it, and the other thing that's quite interesting exactly. is in the street. That's right. Walking around... Everyone is, of course... I've not had one person yeah. ever come up to me I've, and, and say anything nasty about my beliefs, etc. But I do have lots and lots and lots of people come up and say, mm. we agree with you, or this is it's great what you're doing, keep at it, yeah. don't let them, you know, grind you down, etc. Yeah, et yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's odd. It's odd. It's odd how... Um, I mean, would you? I mean, would you? Uh, do you ever encourage other folk who are, you know, not in the, well, are in the public eye? I don't know, in sports, mm. acting, whatever, who've got really strong views. Do you ever say, "Come on, take the plunge"? I've done it. I haven't. Do you think others? No, are it's not my no, place to tell other place, people what to do. I have to, you have to decide for yourselves. And I totally understand why most people just steer clear of. You know, what's the other thing? Don't, don't talk about religion and politics. Yes. Yes. Um, so I'm trying to steer clear of religion because I'm an atheist. <laughs> but in terms of, um, and, and even in politics, I don't. I never say where I vote or what no. side I lie or no. this. I mean, I, I'm you no, know, archetypal floating issues. voter in yeah. many ways. Yeah. Um, so I don't really give that out. But it's just more of social conscience issues. Yeah. Things that you know. I felt important humanitarian um, humanitarian issues in particular rather than political issues. I just want to um, draw a line under this bit, um, having a bit understood a bit more of sort of where you're coming from and what influenced you by just asking you a very simple question that I ask all my guests, which is. If you had to choose someone to be stuck in a lift with, who would it be and why? Um, living or dead? or Anybody. Anybody. Um, I'd probably go Nelson Mandela. He's used to being stuck in somewhere for a long <laughs> yes, time. Yes, yes, I was about to say. Not for 20 <laughs> he wouldn't mind spending was, a yeah. bit of time. Um, I met him very briefly once. Oh, did you? And um, it's the, that was the, probably the person I was most in awe of ever. Really? And I'd love to, you know... And did I you think, get to talk to him or, or was it... I, hello. A shake of hands, that was it. It was at a, a charity event. Um, but that was, that was the only time I met him. But I just think he... He's what we need today. Oh. And, you know, one of our great leaders who, who, who could deal with... All and it's so relevant to this yeah. subject. There's probably exactly. nobody in modern history who exemplifies the ability to rise above anger exactly. better, exactly. rather than revel in it, which is what yeah. most... And that's the, what made him truly great. Yeah. Hmm. So, Gary, on the morning of the... Brexit vote, or when the result came out, you tweeted, feel ashamed of my generation, we've let down our children and their children. Uh, so that's obviously the emotion of the of the moment. H- how do you feel about it now? Yeah, it was the emotion of the moment. But, you know, the, the, the great British public decided. Mm. Um, you know, I was disappointed, but... It, it, but it was, I mean, you could understand why it happened. Mm. Um, there's Thank no you. question about that. And it has happened and we've got to deal with it. I don't think people really um, understood the consequences. I don't think at the time hardly any of us did. Um, I think the people actually now trying to carry out Brexit don't understand the consequences. And we still don't really understand what the consequences will be and the ramifications um, post-Brexit. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, it's a difficult one. But I, I, I was hugely disappointed at the mm. time. I was... I mean, I'm very kind of 
pro-Europe. I've obviously lived in Barcelona. I know they did. We, mm. um, I think it was important that we together. I think we could have done much, so much more from inside rather than being outside. Um, you know, time will tell um, how damaging it is, and yeah. hopefully not too damaging. I, I hope it turns out to, yeah, to be the to the right decision. I just I can't envisage that being the case, no. but I hope so. No, I was just very struck that you sort of picked out what it means for the next generation. Well, I, 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 I love I yeah. this quote. You must have seen mm. Jürgen Klopp's quote uh, where he said, I think re- recently he said, if you have to make a decision for the whole country, mm. then find a solution for the whole country, not for old people in the countryside, which is probably simplifying it a bit too much. But but it's that generational thing, which I have to yeah. say... I mean, I, well, There's no the, question that... I mean, we can see how, they, how it panned out in terms yeah. of the percentages of voting in certain ages, and there's no question that um, my generation and older... Um, were much more in favour of Brexit, um, mm. whereas the youngsters were in favour of Remain. The problem was the youngsters didn't come out and vote enough, mm. um, which I think we saw... So they came possi- out in larger numbers than people... In the election, they came out more, I think, Well, even in referendum, I think the yeah. turnout yeah. was estimated at just over 60%, yeah. but, it, but that pales in significance but, but to 90% think, turnout for the very oldest voters, interestingly. Well, exactly. That's, yeah. and, and so, therefore, you know, we've got to get rid of the apathy. And, um, and I think they did that perhaps a little bit more in the election, and that's why... It, I think the result in the election, I'm no expert mm. on such mm. matters. But, you know, I think if if it happened again now, the vote, I think the youngsters would actually come out in droves. But mm. I'm, I don't know. I'm just guessing. Yeah. But you said earlier, which I completely agree with, I, I met lots and lots of really good, decent people who voted differently to me mm. and voted for Brexit. And funny enough, because I was then... Uh, still a, a, an MP in South West Sheffield and after immigration which did come up a lot on the doorstep the, probably the next biggest reason that I heard was um, we're going to vote against we're going to vote against Europe because we're fed up with being told in Sheffield what to do by London yeah. it was a kind of so I don't know whether it'd be the same because I think Leicestershire not Leicester the city yeah. but Leicestershire as a county voted mm. massively for leave I mean can you understand why folk in Leicestershire would, would do that yeah, I, I, I'm pretty confident my dad would have voted yeah. for leave. Um, I, I don't well, know. I never asked him. I didn't want to ask him. Yeah. Um, but I've got... Because well, he, he, he sadly yeah. passed away recently, didn't he? Was it? Yes, he did, yeah. But he was... In summer, yeah. Late summer. Oh, I see. So, um, yes, yeah, so I, I think we all can understand. I think sometimes, you know, the people are getting disgruntled. People are fed up of certain immigration issues. Um, Europe telling us what to do, although... Frankly, they don't, they don't. really. No. Um, so, and obviously, I think as a nation, we can be brainwashed as well by what we read on newspapers and what we hear on television, etc., etc. And over a period of time, I think that can make people think in a different way to perhaps they would otherwise do. It's going to influence some. There's no question about that. But I've got, I've got really close friends that that voted yeah. for Brexit, yeah. um, who were having a good life anyway, and and. <laughs> and whilst we disagree and we'll debate it, again, it comes yeah. down to that anger thing about, yeah. y- you know, you're a traitor because you now yeah. y- you want us to remain. And yeah. So you can't have an alternative view anymore. Yeah. And then there's this, they suddenly loathe you and then they call you a traitor. And all the people that are voting yeah, yeah. for Brexit have got Union Jacks on their yeah. on their Twitter handle or whatever it is. And it's sort of like... But I think it's partly, isn't it, a function because it was such a narrow result. People yeah. are kind of like, oh, I want to that's lock right. this down, I want to lock this that's down. Right. But it's kind of divided as, uh, as a nation and that's, that's, that's worrying. And it's sort of like Brexit is patriotism. And and if you, remaining isn't is is the opposite. Yeah. Well, no, I, I don't I really think want... so. I think we really care about our country, yeah. and that's why we're so bothered about it. What do we do? Just shut up now? I don't yeah. know. But you just mentioned uh, such an important word because um, 
for the life of me, I don't understand how this happened, but it did. As, lo- as long as I followed the European debate in British politics, somehow the anti-European kind of bandwagon has wrapped itself in the Union Jack and either implied or stated that if you're kind of for Britain's role in Europe, you're that it's faintly unpatriotic. Or yeah, exactly. It, I, and I just do, because you'd never, ever get yeah. that where you lived and worked in, in Spain. It just wouldn't occur to them the idea that there's a contradiction between being... And boy, are they proud of being... Oh, Catalonia. Well, there is, a, say, there is, a, there is, there is a, another yeah, issue in there is a massive, Barcelona. Yeah, massive. <laughs> was that around when you were there, by the way? Uh, the I, Catalonian uh, nationalism? Oh, very much so. Was it? I mean, oh, even when, then? Yeah, oh, very much so. I mean, even more so, because it wasn't so long since Franco had left, and obviously yeah, yeah, they, yeah, yeah, yeah. they were massively oppressed by they Franco. They weren't allowed to speak their own language. That's right. Um, well, and that's, and that's school, where yeah. the, the importance and significance, in, in some ways, in, of the Classico between mm. Barcelona and, and Madrid. It was, it was almost like Barcelona's chances, Catalonia, yeah. to beat Franco's Real Madrid. Yeah. And the only place that the uh, people of Catalonia would dare to speak their own language was actually in the camp now, yeah. in their own football ground. So and that's why it's quite way. symbolic. Yeah. And the song and everything like that. So, um, so yeah, there's, there are different issues, but um, perhaps we shouldn't have picked Barcelona. No, 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 no. <laughs> but, but, well, else. yeah, but it's all part of the same thing. It's where, yeah. how... We all need identity. Everybody's tribal. Everybody wants mm. to feel part of a, you know, football team or community and so on. The the, the bit I've ne- it's the sort of ten million dollar question. I, I don't have the answer. I'm not. I wonder what you think. Is is why is it that in other European countries people can be really proudly French, mm. really proudly German, really proudly Spanish or whatever, Dutch, mm. but also feel there's no contradiction between that. But here, mm. for some reason, there's always the unspoken assumption that it's a seesaw, that if, yeah. you, if, you're, you're, a a bit, if you're a bit too European, you're, a bit, you're not British yeah. enough. It's and a just... nonsense, that's why. It's a nonsense. But where does it come from? What I, would... I, I don't know whether, again, it's the influence of, of aspects of a media or, or, or just I don't or history know where it comes from. Maybe, I don't know. History, I think we've always had this... Um, slightly embarrassing feeling of superiority over Johnny Foreigner and stuff like that. Um, At the same time, we've always been hugely welcoming in this country Mm. of of people of... um, uh, in immigration and, and it's you know you walk around London and you see and, it, yeah. and it's great it's yeah. vibrant and it's the, the the mix of ethnicities around and um, it, it just makes it this country special and I think we're kind of losing our way a little bit losing our soul losing our social conscience losing our yeah. empathy and it's yeah. just, I think it's sad I strongly agree that's, that's why I, str- I my strong feeling is that this whole Brexit debate is no longer about Brexit or the European Union or this directive or that directive it's actually a really kind of slightly kind of ramshackle, contorted, highly emotive debate about who we are. I, I, we I think you're v- probably very much right. And I, I, and I think it's also, it's, it's what's really important is that everyone remains reasonably calm. Yeah. And, you know, people talk, could, is there going to be another referendum? Will there be a referendum on the final say of Brexit, et cetera, et cetera? I don't know. And if, so if, if, if it went the other way, the vote, then you'd yeah. worry a little bit because about... Because you, you, I mean, some, I, read, I read somewhere, you, you, you said that, if you if there was another vote, you, you think Remain would romp home? I think they will because I think the young would come out in, yeah. in more because I think they're the ones that feel. Hard and also, I might be wrong. I don't know. Yeah. It's just my it's my gut feeling that that would be the case. If there was um, a ground, but at the same time, swell for, for could you imagine those that voted for Brexit the mm. first time? And what you, you could end up with is some kind of civil unrest in this country. That I think mm. it, it, who knows. But do you think if there was a sort of do you think there's a case for for a people's vote on the deal? Given that the obviously the deal is a different thing to the. I think common sense says yes. Yeah. I think definitely. I yeah. think um, some kind of um, certainly should go to the 
shouldn't just be left to the politicians. I just thought. Well, they've made a mess of a lot of stuff so far. <laughs> I apologise about the political, Leave it to footballers. The they know best. What? <laughs> Leave it to footballers. Leave it to footballers. <laughs> they, and they, yeah, and they, and they know best. Yeah. I, I mean, just before we go on to other things, I mean, I, do you, I have a strong feeling, this is just me probably imposing my own interpretation on things, I have a strong feeling that if 2008, that banking crash and all the... Mm. All the aftershocks and all the kind of you know all the mess afterwards. I think if that had not happened, I I I reckon can't prove it. I reckon that Trump wouldn't be president of the United States now, and I doubt this country would have voted for. Yeah, yeah, but things in history yeah, determine other things, don't they? And then it, it's happened. But here we are. We're in you know it's yeah. scary times. Um, yeah, you know you have got Putin on one side and Trump and. Lots of know, angry men. Sad and uh, ag. Of, you know, it's just it's yeah. It's, it's yeah. It's lots of angry people. Yeah. And you just think, is there anyone you because you talked earlier about Mandela being the kind of like you know mm. this sort of amazing kind of figure of of kind of calm and everything. Do, do, do you think there's anyone who approaches that in the international scene now? Um, I like Merkel. Yeah. I, I reckon people makes a lot of sense, yeah. and she, you know, I think she's solid and stuck by principles. I, I, I admire her. I don't, you know. But I'm fascinated by this because I, a lot of people say that. Yeah. If you then say, so what she said that really, I mean, I, I don't yeah. know whether you feel, but a lot of people just, I just like the way, it's actually her manner as much as anything else, which reassures people. Yeah. It's not even what she says, yeah. it's just that. She's a leader. Yeah. She's a leader. You talked about, and you've talked about on, on Twitter about being politically sort of ho- homeless. Um I mean, I, and I certainly don't want to pry about how you vote and so on. So that's entirely your business. But do, do you think? Um, and in response to that tweet, do you think there are a lot of people who feel that too? I, I know a lot of people who feel that way. Um, I know a lot of people that don't like how far right wing the Tory party is at the moment, and and equally are not overly keen on Jeremy Corbyn, um, who have been, you know, both supporters of either. The, the Tories traditionally, or, or the Labour Party traditionally. So I think there's, there's there are quite a lot of people out there. Um, your Liberal Party's that's kind of Deflates knotting its best moment um, in recent times, um, which is, uh, I suppose, in many ways, considering what's happened, a little bit surprising. Yeah. Um, why do you think it is? I, mean, I, I don't know. I, I, you tell me. <laughs> <laughs> you tell, why do you think it is? I don't. I know. think it's. I think it's partly. I think it's partly when you get so small, mm. people go. Oh. It's always I think, no, it's always the problem in a two-party system. But always, even if you have more. I mean, in, when you went, it wasn't. It, it was that was the moment, wasn't it? But it didn't yeah. quite happen. Well, it didn't. I mean, and no, then anyway, I don't want to go then, and rake over history. No. I'm sure some of it was self-inflicted. Well, but, you rake um, over my history. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wasn't the questions, mate. <laughs> but um, um, no, I think I think there are a bunch of b- bunch of reasons. Yeah. But but it's, is this new though? Because I mean, if you go back to I don't know the days of Michael Foote or Thatcher, no. I mean, don't you think? I don't think often, it's new. No, I just no. think it is like that at the moment. Yes. Whereas perhaps you know, over so the, something can give, over right? the Blair years and even the Cameron's time, it wasn't as quite as yeah. obvious as it is now and divisive yeah. as it's perhaps now. Yeah. Yeah. No. Well, I mean, needless to say, I I, I agree. It, it, it's um the the challenge is to make. Something which is neither too right or too left. Not it, the danger is that people talk about the centre and make it sound kind yeah, of insipid. Yeah, exactly. And it's not insipid it's at not. all. I it's, don't think there's anything. It just makes sense. I don't think. There's, I don't, <laughs> I, exactly. I don't think there's anything remotely insipid about trying to do the kind of moderate the right, right thing. thing. But that's it, what you want. The right thing. But I reckon something in the human brain that that sort of talks about good, bad, you know, clean, dirty. We talk right in sort of polar, yeah, right. Yeah. We, that's. Those are the fairy tales we read when we're young. It, 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 it's the way we divide up the world and the stuff that's neither, you know, good or evil or good or bad. Human stuff, beings. Human reckon? beings. Oh, we ain't flawed, very good. Aren't we just. <laughs> Talking of which, you, you mentioned earlier that 
um, British football fans, hooliganism and so on, it's much, much better than it was in your, yeah. in your day. Um, um, I mean, first, just give, give people like me and people listening to this a flavour of how bad it was. I, I mean, I've sat in hotel rooms the night before games and just seen you know hundreds of fans fighting in the street outside. Um, even when I grew up going to away games, a couple of times I was chased down streets by groups of fans um, outside and inside the, the football grounds as well. It was, I mean, it was awful in the certainly 70, late seventies, eighties. Um, racism as well. I remember. England fans on the plane. We're flying out somewhere. In those days, we used to go on kind of chartered planes, but with we had the fans on the back. Yeah, really. And I would, I had fans come up to you know they'd look at they'd come up to John Barnes and say, "You shouldn't be allowed to wear You're that kidding. white shirt." And how did he react? I, John Barnes was, would react in the way that John Barnes would. He's a class act, and he'd just rise above it and ignore them. But wow. I mean, it was it was horrendous. I mean, the bananas thrown on the pitch, that kind of stuff. Um, I mean, it still goes on in world football. You know, it's yeah. not. But here. In our country, it's actually we should take great pride in the way um, we've we've but moved on. But do you think it's creeping back? I mean, we saw these we saw these scenes in Amsterdam recently, the Marseille. Oh no, there's always been that with the travelling England supporters. Has it? I mean, Has sometimes it? it's been caused by because the way it was overzealous portrayed. policing, but certainly you couldn't say that in Holland. Um, and we get a lot of people going abroad to cause trouble, I think, or certainly to get drunk and stuff. And it's it, it, so that never went away. Rather, it's not something which is kind of coming it, back. It's in just it. it just kind of. Quite massively diminished. It was nothing like as bad as it used to be. But we we saw in the in the Euros and in the World Cup, didn't we? There were yeah. various coming together, and you worry about Russia a little bit in that sense I was because say, I, I, they seem I'd, really hardcore. Well, I, I think if I, I would, even if I was the toughest hooligan around, I might stay at home. Yeah, <laughs> Damn right. Are you yeah. worried about what's going to happen there? Well, I think we always worry because it it, it tarnishes. Football and football's been my life and my sport, yeah. my love and my passion. So when there's something that actually tarnishes the sport itself, even though it's not really the sport's problem, it's just an excuse for young men to paint yeah. off their testosterone emotions and etc. So, so I, I, I will worry about it because you, you don't want any mass. You just want to concentrate on football. You want yeah. to enjoy the football. Yeah. But it's a World Cup. But just linking things together, do, do you think the stuff we talked about earlier, polarization, vituperation, uh, the press, yeah. do you think that creates a climate in which it becomes more permissible once again to kind of return to the dark days? I hope of, not. I hope not. I don't, I, Is that the risk? I don't think no. so. I, don't, I think it's a separate issue. Um, that's good. Well, yeah. I, I, but I'm not sure. I mean, if I hope I'm, I hope I hope I'm, I yeah. hope I'm yeah, right. Yeah, that yeah. I don't, I don't feel that we're going to get thousands of people going out to Russia to cause trouble. There will always be a, a tiny minority, yeah. and that's the, which. And sometimes it gets escalated and exaggerated in the, yeah. the press and stuff. But but sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it's it, it's real, uh, you know. And sometimes it will. They'll be provoked into doing it, and they they'll be attacked. And it, it'll Cause be because in, in Russia, if I understand, I mean, I don't know, but yeah. it's highly organised, right? I mean, it, I by, believe by so. I'm no expert on, yeah. on these <laughs> no, issues. Russian. Steer clear of it, yeah. thank you very much. But yeah, um, yeah, it's 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 a. I think it's a deep concern. But well, let's hope it'll be. And what, I'm sure. You, I'm, I'm sure. I mean, I'm sure it'll be fairly. Well, police. Police, yes. You would, you, you, you would have thought they got the powers. <laughs> mm. Yes, they're not going to worry about uh, civil liberties and policing that 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 uh, contest. But what about the um, the fact that it's being held in Russia at all? Mm. Uh, I mean, I just 
to be completely open with you, I've always said, and by the way, my dad's half mm. Russian, so yeah. I sort of, you know, it's kind of a country I love and used to visit a lot before I'm, I'm, not, I'm now not allowed to go on yeah. Russia. I mean, these are black things. But, if it, but if, I mean, if, if, if um, political issues or, or, intrude. or intrude on where the World Cup, where would you actually... Do you think? So you think where, it's really? Where, yeah. where would you where would you host it? Would you host it here? Yeah. Well, I, yes, you could argue there's a degree of corruption in our mm. in our lives and our press and you know mm. how our government is influenced by our media, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and people that own newspapers. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's very easy for us to sit there and be holier than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, Russia's been a great footballing country for a long time. They've not had much success on the pitch, but it's hugely important there. It's a bug country. They've never they've never hosted the World Cup. So you're basically keep, some keep of football their, and politics. Well, you, you, to a degree, at the same time, you, you, I think it's very important to realise there are certain aspects of, of Russian life and Russian politics that we, we, we certainly disagree with. Um, but it's really difficult for for the World Cup and FIFA to say, well, you can have it there, but not there oh. because there's a few human rights issues there. And but I mean, where do you go? In I mean, the, otherwise you don't end up in the same countries all the time. And yeah. you know. It's just people a, talking about it might be in the next what, what 2026. So 2022 is Qatar in America. Well, look, you know, a, a lot of people won't like their politics at the minute and what's going on there. So, and that's America. So, I, it's right. it's a difficult one. It's yeah. it's a dangerous area to tread. Yeah. Um, to say, well, you can't have it, but you can't you can't have it either because of that, and you can't have it because of this. Difficult right. for difficult for FIFA. And given all the controversies, which you know better than I do, the, the Qatar. Decision. Well, Qatar one I thought was absurd. It was just completely absurd. I think, and it, but I mean, it was clearly that, corrupt. Yes, I think. But the problem is now we've got new people in at FIFA, and actually that they are, I think, genuinely yeah, I've trying heard you to speak make about a this. difference. Who's the guy? Who's there's a new? Um, one of you particularly... Well, Infantino is the president, but 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 um, Zvonimir Boban. That's there, right. Who's a very impressive guy, and he loves his football. Who's he? He's, he's, he was he was a great player for Milan for a long time. Oh, okay. Um, and he's he's now the deputy secretary general of, of FIFA. And so you think they really are turning a and page? And they really want to try. There's certain things that are already so set in but place. But they're not going like, to reopen the Qatar decision. They can't reopen no. it. I think it's too far. I think they've spent billions and billions and billions. I, I mean, yeah. I, I've had this conversation. I, I think ultimately... You know, if they could start again, they would. Because you're, you're I think sticking. damage your, is done. I mean, you're sticking your neck out by giving them a. Well, I'm not endorsing them. I'm not no, endorsing know, them, but I, mean, I think they deserve the opportunity. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the old FIFA, I can't, I couldn't stand. I mean, Blatter yeah. and his cronies. Yeah. I mean, most of them now. In are a right. sense, that Blatter was. Yeah. Blatter's what is, is probably the reason why you and I are sitting opposite each well, other with microphones, because in a sense, he provoked yeah. you to speak out in the first on. Very much so, yeah. yeah. And, it, and, and, and it was so horribly corrupt. And. I remember being. I, I didn't. I wasn't involved in the bid for the the, yeah. the World Cup when we didn't get it. But they did ask me to go along on the last day because I think someone said I'd, they knew I'd played golf with Platini a couple of times. So I said, "Well, yeah. Well, will you come along and practice?" This is the night before the vote. So I, I remember us oh, being in life? this been in this lounge. There was David Beckham and Prince. William, William and Cameron, and Cameron. Yeah, no, I remember. And I, so we sat there, and we're all <laughs> we're kind of wandering around, groveling to these aging FIFA committee members, whatever you call them. And and that was, was that. There was Chuck, all, all that, Chuck Blazer was in there, and all these, you know, <laughs> that, that, the, the guy from the Caribbean whose name escapes me now, but um, who. Who I was introduced to, and he, he didn't even look at me because he could see Beckham was behind me, and he just walked straight past me. <laughs> What's his name? I can't remember his name. But um, Jack Warner. Jack Warner. That's Jack, Jack Warner, Warner yes, says the man course. in the corner. Yes. That's right, Jack Warner in the corner. Yeah. <laughs> so um, that was him. And then I remember sitting there thinking, 
we're the only entourage here. None of the other voting people are around at all. No, yeah. no, there was no one from Qatar, no one from Russia, no one from Australia. All, and, and I remember sitting up. down having a burger with David Beckham, as you do. If you're going to name drop, name drop. Go for big. it, go for it. So, and I sat there with, and I said to him, do you not get the feeling this is kind of already a done deal? <laughs> and he went, I know. It was but, really, uh, and I, then when I left and the, the voting was done, I just felt like I needed a shower. Yeah. It was just horrible. Ke- Ke- I'm not sure if you remember, because I mean, it could but, be funny. David Cameron was very, very funny about how if he cut totted mm. up all the votes, people saying that they were going to vote for the UK, it, it was yeah. more than the voting yeah. members in FIFA or something. <laughs> yeah, I mean, absolutely. So, I mean, it was a bit like that. And then, so I came massively against FIFA for, mm. for many years because it was obviously hopelessly corrupt mm. and was proven to be and, and, and most of the old guard are either locked up about to be locked up or suspended there's hardly anyone left at mm. all um, so there's a new guard in but it's quite hard for them to distance themselves mm. from the previous they've made massive changes I've, I've had long long conversations mm. some of some of the stories some of the than... stories about the, how they kind of moved cash and stuff and this and sold their, yeah, you, you, I, I can't actually say no, it because I just, I'm call, sure yeah. it's a, under police yeah. um, control and stuff, but um, they, I believe they want to make a difference. There's none of the old guys left there, is there? Uh, hardly any. Pretty I think well there might them. be one or two that perhaps, I mean, I'm sure not 100% of them were corrupt, yeah, yeah. surely. I think there's one or two left, but by and large, this is a new, a new ensemble and they're, they're, they're tr- I believe they're trying. Now, if they go down the other route, I'll, I'll come yeah. out as on, on yeah. top of those as well. And would you ever... I, my gut feeling is good. Good. Um, they, the right intentions, I, yeah. I, I think they've got the right But they're intentions. not going to reopen the Qatar thing. I mean, they can't. Uh, no, no. I, think it's, I think it's too far down the line. But I, and it, it's, it's very difficult. I mean, it's, it's, it's ridiculous, really, isn't it? I mean, yeah. they, it, they got the World Cup bid saying that they can play in the summer and air-conditioned pitches and all this. And, it was, and then it ends up in the winter. But, yeah. Yeah. you know, it's... Would it's, you ever... Um, would you ever see yourself in the future when you know you match the day days are over going into that world of the I don't know how to describe is it football politics or football oh, no no no, is no, it, no, no absolutely not no, never it's not my bag yeah. I, I, it's quite nice to have a you know I, I can influence it a little bit in yeah, my of course. you know via my platform and via the fact that now I know the people at the top I've spent time with them I can you know, I, I remember after the drawing, doing the World Cup drawing Russia for them, I said, this, 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 you can make a real difference. Yeah. And I remember sitting there half an hour trying with, with the president and, um, and Boban just saying, what an opportunity you've got to, to make a difference for football, to clean it up. Yeah. And I sense the determination to do that. So it's nice to be able to have that in yeah. and I can contact them, but I don't want to actually politically involve and I se- myself. And I sense, anticipating the answer, I sense exactly the same that you obviously... Becoming more comfortable expressing your views about stuff that's way beyond football, but that wouldn't that doesn't mean that you'd want to go into a no. a more campaigning or political world. No, 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 it's not mine. No, 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 it wouldn't be me. No, 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 I, no, no, no I couldn't. No, no, well, I'm, no, sure, no, no, I'm sure you'll seven million no, Twitter you. followers. With, <laughs> yeah, no, thank you very much. Have strong views. <laughs> I think just doing the odd tweets enough. Well, getting yeah, enough trouble well, as it is. No, no, it's good. It's it's <laughs> Gary Lineker. Thank you very much indeed. Pleasure.
Well, with huge thanks to Gary Lineker. The next show is in two weeks' time. If you enjoyed this one, then please do subscribe via Apple Podcasts. Just search for Anger Management with Nick Clegg. And if you'd like to give us a star rating and review on Apple Podcasts, that, of course, would be more than welcome. And we're also on Spotify, ACAR, Stitcher, and all major podcast providers. If you're an Apple denier, you can download it at audioboom.com forward slash channel forward slash Nick Clegg. Please do follow me on Twitter at Nick underscore Clegg. And let us know what you thought of this episode and anyone you think we should have on the show. As ever, I'm afraid, uh, my previous um, invitations to... How do I describe him? The, the Vinnie Jones of the British printed press, Paul Dacre. Those invitations have gone unreciprocated, but I just want to say the kettle's on, the warm welcome still is extended to him. I really hope sometime before this series comes to an end, Mr Dacre, you will come and join us for a nice, cosy chat on anger management with Nick Clegg. Audio production is by Sophie Black and the producer is Andrew Harrison. Anger Management with Nick Clegg is a Podmasters production.